everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. Tall, gangly, white-faced, and freckled, add buck teeth, thick glasses, and a heart to dance, only to be crushed by the jeers and taunts of others, including her teachers. This six-year-old sensitive and hopeful child would soon believe the lie, you're ugly, not worthy, not wanted. This, ladies and gentlemen, could easily be the story of any of us when faced with man's opinion of us instead of God's. Fast forward to today, this now internationally renowned actress, author, speaker, model, and Miss Florida beauty pageant winner for the Miss America pageant, as well as syndicated TV host and co-star of the iconic hit series, Matlock, where her portrayal of the beautiful, blonde, and smart legal aid to the late Andy Griffith seemed just the right fit for this immensely popular show, but there's more. My next guest has something to say about what real beauty is, inside and out, and how she got there. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to Testimony a great joy indeed, actress, speaker, and author of Beauty by the Book, Seeing Yourself as God Sees You, and her most recent, The Wonder of His Love, A Journey to the Heart of God. The ever-beautiful, in every way, please welcome Nancy Stafford. Nancy, welcome to Testimony. Thank you, Jensine. It's such a joy to be with you. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you, Nancy. We have a mutual friend in Fred Eichelman, a recent testimony yes. guest whose book, Faith, Family, and Film, you wrote the foreword to, as well as esteemed and beautiful sisters in Christ, Brenda Epperson Moore and Susan Weba, who graciously put us in touch for our interview today in promotion of your upcoming speaking engagement at their annual Ascend Women's Conference. Details at the end of our program. I thank them and you for being with us today. Thank you. For this segment in part one of our two-part conversation today, would you, Nancy, take our listeners back to that day and time when, as a child, hurtful words would hurt your heart and the ramifications of that would be felt for years to come? Nancy Stafford, please tell us your story. Um, You know... There is so much that we carry with us into our adulthood, and so much in the heart of a little child is embedded through the opinions of other people. What other people say or don't say, or uh, just even a look, or how, how you're treated by other people. I happen to be a very sensitive child growing up, as many of your listeners are. But the problem was, I w- the, the good news of sensitivity is that it made me all of my life incredibly empathetic and compassionate toward other people. I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, which is a great gift, but I was overly sensitive to the judgments that came at me from the outside world. And as I look back, I realized that, yes, I was gangly. I had buck teeth and, and huge Coke bottle-sized glasses, 
but most of it, honestly, was my own self-perception. And I'm really eager that listeners hear that because I think it's important that the way we perceive ourselves is often not at all the truth. What we do, as a, as a child especially, is we take into our hearts what other people have said, and we take it all the way into our adulthood, and it can, it can affect every day of our lives, as it did me. I carried a warped self-perception, a deep-seated feeling of inadequacy all the way into my adulthood, and even through all of the success I had or the affirmation from the world, um, the income that I was making from my physical self. Um, and it wasn't just my appearance I was teased about. I was, I was a good kid. I was a good student. I was the nerd, the dork, the geek of my school. And we carry all that with us. And it's very difficult for us to begin to shift, especially for us believers. It's so important for us to shift our perspective from seeing ourselves based on the opinions of other people or the tastes of the culture and begin to really see ourselves as God sees us. And that is only reflected in the mirror of the Word of God, the mirror of His Word. And when that began to happen for me, as I'm embarrassed to say, but as a much older woman, it began to radically shift my thinking and radically change me and transform me. I still struggle today, but more than anything, my heart is that women understand the truth of how valued, how loved, how beautiful they are in God's eyes. Amen and amen. And I noticed in reading part of your book that even though you shared with your family some of the hurtful things, your family was always very reassuring and loving. You grew up in a Christian home. So it's not that you didn't have godly, Christ-like influence, but there came a time when you fell away from God. Can you speak about that a little bit and how you restored your relationship with Christ and how, Nancy, he gave you the true self-esteem we all find in Christ? I'd love to. Um, yes, I did grow up in a wonderful Christian home. I started my relationship, a very intimate relationship with Jesus when I was eight years old, and I loved going to church. I loved being involved in church. Um, but being insecure and feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy that was just deeply embedded. Um, I was very, very shy, but I began to get real confused by the time I got into high school. I took things too much to heart, took things personally, when a couple of the leaders and the elders in my church, and I know now, and I tell this story for a reason also for your listeners, I know that they had my best interest at heart. They were trying to help me. They saw something in me they were trying to bring out. But they would say things to me like, you know, Nancy, if you could be like Susie over there, Susie in your youth group, oh my gosh, she's here every Wednesday night, and you, your parents would be so proud of you. Or they'd point out another girl, you should be like Linda. Linda is a leader. Now, if you weren't so shy and you tried harder, you could be a leader. Well, here was the problem. I couldn't tell them that Susie and Linda were getting drunk after youth group, or Linda had just <laughs> been meeting her boyfriend in the back of his car and now had just told me that she was terrified she might be pregnant. This, to me, was crazy, because all I knew is that I just wanted to be a girl after God's heart. I wanted to please Him in everything. Yet, here in church, the place I admired and loved and respected so much, even there, I didn't feel like I could be enough. And I didn't know how to talk about this. I was too immature 
to know how to articulate these feelings. So when I went off to college, 500 miles away from home, I walked away. So many of us who walk away from the Lord don't mean to do it because we're angry at God, but we're disappointed in God's people. That's a very common story. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know, I can, God and I, Jesus and I will just be best buds. I don't have to be in fellowship. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to be accountable to anybody. Nothing's going to change. It'll be great. Well, as you can imagine, it didn't take long for me to start acting a whole lot more like Linda and Susie. And little by little by little, I drifted away from a significant uh, spiritual relationship with Christ and began acting a whole lot like the world. And it was 15 years before I set foot inside another church again. But the, the crisis of faith that you're referring to was after I graduated from college, shed that old, what I thought was my old image, you know, of, of being the laughing stock of my entire school just because I was a nerd, um, I embarked on, got thrown actually into a modeling and commercials career, not by my choice, but God orchestrated things because he had a plan. He had a purpose that had yet to be revealed to me, but he had to open the door and kick me through it in order for me to walk through it. It was never something I would have pursued because I was a journalism grad and I was working in journalism and PR. How exactly did that happen, Nancy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I was at a very small boutique PR agency in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and happy as a clam, doing a lot of work and loving it. And I got a phone call from an agent in Miami. Miami is a very big market for commercials. And she she was all out of breath. It was the funniest call. And she said, oh, oh, I remembered you were Miss Florida last year. I said, yeah, I was. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I'm desperate. And I said, well, thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she, she explained to me that the Screen Actors Guild, the actors' union that I'm now proudly a part of, had gone on strike. So none of the local Miami, Florida-based actors, professionals, could work. And she had all of these ad agencies coming to from New York to Fort Lauderdale and Miami to shoot their big national commercials. What I and she basically, I just I desperately need somebody who can walk and talk at the same time. I've got to put some people on tape. Can you just come audition? Just come audition. I got to fill a tape. I said, Yeah, sure. So I auditioned for five big national commercials. I mean, Coke, Revlon, Pert Shampoo, um, X14 Mildew Spray, Lincoln Continental Town Car. And, Jensen, you're not going to believe it, but I got every one of them. I got all five. Wow. And the only reason I got them was because none of the real professionals could work. (laughs) And I wasn't competing against people who knew what they were doing. So God had a plan for me. And I did all these commercials. I loved it. I went back to my PR job, but... Little by little, I started doing more and more work on the side. I had a very uh, freelancing kind of a a job, so I could take the time. But when my my modeling and commercials started occupying far more of my time and being far more pleasurable to me than than work in the 9-to-5 PR world, I phased out of PR, did that for a year and a half in Florida until I'd pretty much risen to the top of all I could do at that time in the state of Florida. And that's what drew me to New York. I thought, all right, I'm going to save. I've saved all my money. I'm not going to tell any of my clients that I'm in New York. I'm just going to go and I'm going to study. And I'm going to see if I can do this thing called acting. And I enrolled in a very fine acting conservatory in New York called Stella Adler. 
and I was in class for eight hours a day and then going to the theater every night, seeing a million plays and just immersing myself in study, which is what I tend to do. And um, about six months later, I got another phone call from another agent who I did not know, and this one scared me a little. She had this grovelly, rough voice like this. She goes, is this Nancy Stafford? I said, yeah. She goes, well, this is Eileen Ford from Ford Model Agency. Oh. I got all these ad agencies and photographers, production companies calling me looking for you. Who are you? I've never even heard of you. You better get in here. (laughs) So I came in, and she looked at me, and she said, oh, my gosh, you're really old. I was 24 years old. You're old, but I'm going to sign you because you'll make me a lot of money. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally acclaimed actress, author, and speaker, Nancy Stafford. You can learn more about Nancy's work, ministry, and mission by visiting nancystafford.com. And get inspired, get hope, and yes, get your tickets too at ascendwomen.org, a conference for remarkable women where you can hear Nancy and others up close and personal, November 5, 2016. You'll be glad you did. Nancy, it has been an absolute joy having you share just a little of your amazing story, life struggles, and the faith you would need to overcome it all, and by doing so, become God's gracious and beautiful gift to us all. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thank you, Jensen. Appreciate it. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.